MSW Media. Thanks to ZBiotics for supporting the Daily Beans. ZBiotics engineered a pre-alcohol probiotic. Go to zbiotics.com/dailybeans to get 15% off your first order when you use code DAILYBEANS at checkout. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, March 17th, 2023. Today, the Fulton County Special Grand Jury heard a third Trump phone call during their investigation. George Santos brokered a $19 million yacht deal. The Department of Justice has executed a search warrant on the home of former Larry Hogan advisor Roy McGrath. And the Department of Justice told the courts to expect a deluge of new January 6th prosecutions. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. A deluge of new prosecutions, Dana. Bring on the delusion. Is that that's mm. not right, is it? <laughs> it's okay. It works. <laughs> works for me. Collusion, delusion. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I like it. Thank you for covering for me yesterday. I appreciate that. My pleasure. It's, it's you know, I, I always love when you're here, but I'm glad I got your back when you're not. That's it. Thank you very much, my friend. So we got some news from CNN today that there's like two dozen subpoenas in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. That's been that's not like today. That's been happening for months. But there was a couple of new people. I think there was one new person today who testified before the federal grand jury in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. And, uh, you know, we're going to go over that all on the Jack podcast this Sunday. Also, we have the happy hour today at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're a patron, you can join that. If you want to become a patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash wrote. At the $5 level, you become a patron of both this show, which you get ad-free, and Jack, the Jack podcast. That's a hell so of a that's deal. That's very cool. Yeah, I think so, too. And also, there will be a bonus episode weekly wrap-up, totally raw and unscripted, of both The Beans and Cleanup on All 45 this weekend. And uh, Pete will be with me for that, for the Cleanup on All 45 one. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's a bunch of stuff going on this weekend for patrons. And uh, let's see, we got a lot of news to get to. So let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. A special grand jury that investigated whether the former guy and his allies meddled in the 2020 election in Georgia heard a recording. And, you know, I mean, that sounds friendly, right? They meddled. Yeah, those, meddling those pesky kids. kids. Yeah, they tried to defraud millions of Georgia voters. They heard a recording of, a, of another phone call of Trump trying to push top state lawmakers to call a special session to overturn his loss in the state. And that's according to... It says a newspaper report. (laughs) That's the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you guys. They reported Wednesday that it spoke to five members of the special grand jury who said they had heard a recording of a phone call between Trump and uh, late Georgia House Speaker David Ralston that had not previously been reported and has not been made public. Ralston, who died in November, did not call a special session in the weeks after the November 2020 election. The five grand jurors, three men and two women, spoke to the newspaper but declined to be named because they were concerned about their safety and privacy, not because they're breaking any rules. It is not illegal for someone in the grand jury to go and talk about what happened in the grand jury down in Georgia unless you talk specifically about the deliberations. So just, you know, Judge McBurney has already come forward and said that when Emily Coors went out and did her media tour, the jury four person. 
Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis opened the Georgia investigation in early 2021, shortly after another recording of a phone call between Trump and Raffensperger emerged, where Trump said, find me 11,780 votes. That's just one more than we need. All I want to do is this. I just want to find them. It's just so terrible. Oh, my goodness. Because we won the state. We won by hundreds of thousands. But I only want 11,780 votes. That shows intent to defraud. In a separate recording made public in early 2021, Trump can be heard talking to the lead investigator in Raffensperger's office in December of 2020, pressing her to look into Fulton County, saying she would find things that are going to be unbelievable. Uh, Trump also told her when the right answer comes out, you'll be praised. So that sounds like Russia, if you're listening, our, <laughs> they hope you find the 30,000 emails. Our yeah. press will greatly reward you. You'll be praised. The special grand jury, which was seated in May, heard from about 75 witnesses. That jury foreperson said about 10 to 12 people were granted immunity. A lot of people pled the fifth. And of course, we know that at least a dozen people are going to be indicted. And a lot of these uh, members of the of the special purpose grand jury have have said quite a few things in this interview. And uh, you know that um, Pete and I are going to cover this entire story uh, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on the next episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45. That's a free podcast. You can be a subscriber if you'd like. That is patreon.com slash aisle 45 pod. So that's Pete Struck, the new host, the new co-host of Clean Up on Aisle 45 and me. So I'm looking forward to that next week. And it'll be great. All right. This is from O'Brien and Rashbaum at The Times. It seems a $19 million luxury yacht deal was brokered by who? Representative George Santos. Because if I need a broker deal, that's where I would go. And he brokered that deal between two of his wealthy donors. That's captured the attention now, of course, of the federal and state authorities investigating the congressman's campaign finances and personal business dealings. It seems like he's shady as fuck. Yeah, I'm wondering if that 750 grand that just sort of showed up came, was his commission for brokering this yacht deal. You know? I mean, it sure sounds like it could be. The sale, which has not been previously reported, so this is a new problem for him, is one of about a dozen leads being pursued by the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Brooklyn, and the Nassau County District Attorney's Office. And this is all from people familiar with this investigation. Prosecutors and FBI agents have sought in recent weeks to question the new owner of the 141-foot super yacht. Well, that's Raymond Tantillo, and he's a Long Island auto dealer about the boat and his dealings with Mr. Santos, including his fundraising efforts. Well, Mr. Tantillo bought the boat from Myra Ruiz, who is a Republican donor in Miami. All right. Now, Mr. Santos negotiated the payment. I don't fucking know why, um, which was $12.25 million up front with $6.5 million more in installments. And advised the two on the logistics of turning over the yacht, according to a person familiar with the sale, <laughs> which took place weeks before his election in November. Huh. All right. How do you do it? All right. So we'll meet you down at the dock and you untie the 141 foot yacht and then we'll drag it over to this other slip. Like, how do you do you just hand the keys over? Does the staff come with it? I'm, I'm confused. I'm also don't understand why he would know anything about any of this shit. Now, it's not clear what laws, if any, that may have been broken in this transaction. Several election law experts say that if the sale was designed to inject money into Mr. Santos's campaign, i.e. a commission, it may be a violation of federal law governing caps on campaign contributions. It would also be illegal if Mr. Santos tied any commission he received on the sale to previous or future donations. Hmm. hmm. Even if he didn't break any laws, A.G., the deal serves as further evidence of an emerging narrative 
given by people in his political orbit. And that is that Mr. Santos seemed to use his campaign not only to win elected office, but also as a networking exercise to mm, ingratiate himself with rich donors and enrich himself from those contacts. Sounds Mm. about right. Mr. Santos has denied all wrongdoing, of course, as he does. Joe Murray, a lawyer representing him in potential criminal matters, declined to comment, as did spokesmen for FBI. (laughs) And the United States Attorney's Office in Brooklyn and the Nassau County District Attorney, who is working with the federal authorities on the investigation, all declined. Mr. Santos's campaign finances and personal business dealings have been under scrutiny following revelations by the New York Times in December that Mr. Santos had fabricated or embellished most all of his resume. <laughs> the Times has since reported on curious omissions in his campaign filings. Huh. There's a lot of stuff missing financially. Also, an unregistered fund connected to him and other irregularities in his finances. This guy seems to be a big fucking con artist. And there was another uh-huh. article that just came out about where all of this started and how George Santos is involved in it. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Maybe we'll cover that sometime this week. But it goes all the way back to the Reagan administration and, and Bush <laughs> Sr. <laughs> of course it does. I, I still think my favorite part of this whole thing is when they were calling on him during the speaker, when they were voting for Speaker of the House. And they're like, George, George, George. And he just wasn't listening because oh, that's not his name. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's me. Oh, that's right. What name am I using today? Mm-hmm. All right, up next, more than a thousand additional people could still face charges in connection with the January 6th riot at the Capitol. And that's according to a letter to the D.C. federal court from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington. This one-page letter, which was reviewed by Bloomberg News, was sent last year. This is Zoe Tillman, by the way, at Bloomberg. This was sent last year to the chief judge and hasn't been previously reported. It offers details on what Merrick Garland has called one of the largest, most complex, and most resource-intensive investigations in our history. The October 28th letter from U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves to Chief Judge Beryl Howell, which came as the department neared its 900th arrest, estimated an additional 700 to 1,200 defendants. That could roughly double the number of cases filed so far, with this month marking the 1,000th arrest, according to statistics from the U.S. Attorney's Office. The more than 1,000 people already charged have clogged the court's docket over the past two years. Prosecutors continue to bring new cases as special counsel Jack Smith pursues a separate probe into efforts by the former guy and his allies to undermine the election. Graves warned Howell in the letter that it was, quote, incredibly difficult to predict future cases given the nature and the complexity of the investigation. He wrote that he didn't know how many of the new cases would involve misdemeanor versus felony charges, but he expected a higher percentage of felonies. Quote, we expect the pace of bringing new cases will increase in an orderly fashion over the course of the next few months, he wrote. He ended the letter by saying that the estimates could change as the office continues to monitor charging statistics and evaluate changing resources and circumstances. In a statement, Judge Beryl Howell said the court continues to manage his caseload and trial calendar efficiently, notwithstanding the delays occasioned by the pandemic. Howell's term as chief judge ends today when Judge James Bosberg will step into the role. He's an Obama appointee. Quote, so far, the court has been able to manage the increased criminal caseload well, she said. Should a surge of filings occur at a later date, the court would assess what additional steps, if any, it should take. And just do me a favor. Carve out that fucking Donald Trump trial date. Just leave that blank so Mm -hmm. that we can have it. (laughs) I don't want to push this thing too far into the future. More than 500 people have pled guilty and more than 50 have been convicted at trial. 
High profile wins for the government include convictions of seditious conspiracy against members of the Oath Keepers. Now, Graves' estimate squares with previous comments by government lawyers in court. Between 2,000 to 2,500 people went to the Capitol that day. NBC News recently reported that online sleuths have put the number of potential defendants, people accused of going inside and assaulting police or destroying property, closer to 3,000, Dana. God, I hope every single one of them goes to jail. And I'll tell you what, some job security for this court. My God. Mm-hmm. All right. An interstate investigation is underway for a one-time chief of staff to former Maryland governor, Larry Hogan, after he failed to appear in court on Monday. This is from the U.S. Marshals Service. Okay. Now, Roy McGrath, 53, who served as a top aide to Hogan, who we know is a Republican, for just a few months during the summer of 2020, well, he's facing charges in relation to an alleged scheme to bilk Maryland out of more than $276,000. Hmm. Yeah, McGrath has pleaded not guilty to all the charges and was released on bond. The U.S. Marshals Service said that in a statement on Tuesday. Now, he was due to appear in a federal court in Baltimore and is now considered a wanted fugitive. Fucker didn't show up. The FBI executed a search warrant Wednesday at McGrath's Naples, Florida home. His attorney, Joseph Murtha, that's what he told CNN. Now, Murtha said, and this is a quote, he is still unaware of McGrath's whereabouts. His lawyer doesn't know where the fuck he is, apparently. Hmm. Hard to believe, but we'll see. Now, McGrath was indicted by a federal grand jury in October 2021 on charges that he defrauded the Maryland Environmental Service, which is a state-operated corporation where he served as executive director before joining Hogan's office, and of a $233,647 severance payment, that's what they're saying, by falsely telling them that the governor was aware of and approved this payment, Hmm. the Justice Department. That's the information from the DOJ. Now, the indictment also alleged that McGrath directed MES funds to an art museum on which he was a member of the board of directors so as to avoid paying for a pledge out of his own pocket, defrauding MES to pay for a tuition expense of more than $14,000 and falsified timesheets during two vacations. This guy's a piece of work. McGrath was initially charged with wire fraud and embezzlement from an organization receiving more than $10,000 in federal benefits And a superseding indictment returned in June of 2022 also charged him with falsifying records. Now, on the state level, he's facing felony theft charges and a violation of the state's wiretap law. This is, again, what the Justice Department said. When he resigned from Hogan's office in August of 2020 amid inquiries about the severance payout, McGrath blamed, and this is a quote, sad politics of personal destruction Mm -hmm. and said he was stepping down to avoid unnecessary distractions to Hogan and his team. Well, McGrath faces decades in prison if he's convicted or found at this point of all charges <laughs> against him. Where did he go? Yeah. This is interesting because he was not considered a flight risk. Well. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. I wonder, like, where is he? With Stu Carmen San Diego, like, where in the world is Roy McGrath? Yeah. Where, where could he be? He's in Naples, Florida. Maybe he's in the Bahamas somewhere. Do you think he, like, fled... And maybe he'll end up in a Bahamian jail with that, uh, you know, where that <laughs> Bankman Freed guy ended up. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know where he is, but he's pretty close to the Bahamas down there. We'll see. Maybe he's got, maybe he hitched a ride on the George Santos brokered yacht. I mean, it would be amazing. Who knows? Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that was the handoff of the yacht was also, oh, by the way, we got to drop this guy off in St. Croix. Cool. Oh my God, could cool. you imagine? <laughs> Five stars. Thanks, guys. Bye.
You know what's really sad is I'm totally joking. And that's fucking feasible in today's Republican oh, Party. Oh, 100%. I, it could totally happen. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, if you're like me, you occasionally enjoy going out with your friends and having a little fun. And that is fantastic. But what's not so great is how you feel the morning after. A few drinks the night before can easily turn into hours of sluggishness. And before you know it, most of the next day is gone. Well, not anymore, because now there's Zbiotics. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Now, here's how it works: when you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in your gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, uh, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need the most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol. Drink responsibly and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. I tried Zbiotics for the first time a couple weeks ago. It was amazing how good I felt the next day. It made such a huge difference. And now the first drink I have every time I go out with my friends is a bottle of Zbiotics. So give Zbiotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com/dailybeans to get fifteen percent off your first order when you use code dailybeans at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee, so if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they will refund all of your money, no questions asked. That's Zbiotics, Z B I O T I C S.com/dailybeans, and don't forget to use code dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play shit my kid says or shit my parents say or shit you say, or you want to give a shout out to somebody that you love or an adoptable pet in your area or send us your pod pet pics for tax, especially in costumes and uh, also baby photos, send them in, uh, frog orgies, whatever you've got, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right, Dana, first up from Amy, pronouns she and her, I hate that the first time I post to you is a correction because I love you both so much. (laughs) But mommy is pronounced mommy. Ohio has become increasingly embarrassing. Even worse, I live in Jim Jordan's district, so every day bruises my soul. I'm so sorry, Amy. As an apology for the correction, I have a pet tax. The dog is Max and the cat is Chloe. Max only, uh, only has two breeds to him and neither one is Chow. He's wedge-shaped. His ass end is almost two feet wide. Oh, Chloe is my girl who sticks by my side even when Max tries to run her off. I love them both dearly. All right, dog breeds. That looks um, like a, a St. Bernard Golden Retriever. That's probably not it. But Or an Aussie Pyrenees? Oh, Pyrenees. Yeah, I always get those confused with a St. Bernard. I should say Aussie, but we actually call them Aussies here in the United States. But Australian Shepherd. And look at the beautiful calico, Chloe. Okay. Dog breed. Bernese Mountain Dog Great Pyrenees. Nice. We just call him an adequate Pyrenees. That's hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Thank you so much for that. I love that. All right. This is from Charles from New Orleans, who apparently has some French in them, which is Louis for pronouns. Hello, bean stalkers. Good news. I now have a pod pet. I've been listening Yay. since the days of Mueller, Mueller controversy. <laughs> Mueller, yeah, the Mueller, yep. Mueller, Mueller, yeah. <laughs> I got a cat a week or two before Mardi Gras. 
She was unceremoniously dropped off at my friend's place and they have three cats. She was not well received and bullied. As a bachelor, I took her in. She hid under the couch for days. Now she joins me for sleep every night. I've witnessed the Zoomies. Her name, Shai Hulud, Empress of Chub. <laughs> Shai Hulud, Empress of Chub. This cat is bonkers. Well, and it will not eat tuna, chicken, bologna, cheese, or any human food. It's really bizarre. I love, um, I can finally pay my pet tax. She's wonderful and can do no wrong. And she likes to lay on a box. Look at the bee. Or lie on a box. Look at the chunk. I want to pet the belly. I, I hope, Charles, that she likes belly rubs. All right, next up from Anonymous, no pronouns. Natty is our first rescue that wasn't a dog. Natty spent four minutes inside this taped area. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be really fun. I also want to know the timelines of how long these cats stayed. I told you guys. All right, so we're, we have a new game. If you have a cat, take some painter's tape, make a rectangle on the floor. Your cat will sit in it. Let us know how long your cat will sit in it, has sat in it, and also send a picture. Anonymous, thank you for this. <laughs> Four I minutes mean, so good. <laughs> I told you. I told you, Dana. I told you it worked. <laughs> you did. You did. All right. This is from Angela, who is the mother of Panute. Just kidding. Panute. It's the mother of Peanut. I've been such an insufferable bee lately. <laughs> I thought it was due to daylight savings or allergies in Texas, possibly. It could also be because you live in Texas, Angela. I had not thought about my allergy to mold and my ongoing water damage insurance claim until my mm. doctor yelled at me today. Good for your doctor. That's dangerous. So in the future, maybe all us strong, independent women need to remember to breathe and accept help when offered. Mm. Just according to my oncologist, I agree. For pet tax today, you get the nostalgia of all the stuffed animals I found from my childhood days while cleaning out closets before the workers come to put in new flooring. We got number one. Uh, we've got the creepy looking sheep. That's named Lammy Pie and is 50 years old. The dog with the tongue sticking out is the last toy my grandfather gave me as a child. We named her Sandy. The floppy dog on the top was a Christmas gift because my dad didn't want to give me an actual dog. I wrangled one by July. <laughs> the duck... <laughs> Uh, was what I gave my grandmother the weekend before she died because the hospital said I couldn't give her flowers. Oh. These are very sweet, Angela. Look at Lammy. Look at Lammy Pie. So, fifty so year old, sweet. 50-year-old stuffy right there. Yeah. So cute. Thank you, mother of Panute, for all, for all the so stuffies. So good. <laughs> Next up from Nick, pronouns he and him. March 15th show, while walking my dog, and I said to him, Sure is nice being a dog at this time in history, because as long as we go on our walks and you get treats and food and a warm place to stay here, and you don't give a fuck, do you? And this is the look I got from him. That's <laughs> 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 about right. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to grab this next one, too, from Diane. No pronouns. Hello, ladies. St. Patrick's Day baby here. Happy birthday, Diane. And I'm gifting my own damn self with a shout out. I ended 2022 an absolute mess, so I decided it was time to shake some shit up. I made the 2023 goal, not resolution, of stepping out of my comfort zone with one new thing a month. That's a very cool idea. In January, I started pole fitness. I love it. I've kept up those classes. February was cartilage piercing. That did not tickle, but I kind of liked it too. March will either be indoor skydiving or rage yoga. Okay, I need to check out rage yoga. By the end of the year, friends and family may decide I'm in the middle of a midlife crisis. I'm in my late 40s, so it seems necessary. Also, I don't care. 
I'm doing this for me, not them. The difference in just a couple of months has been amazing. My mentor has commented more than once how much my mood and confidence have changed since she started mentoring me in February. I feel so much better than at the beginning of the year. I highly recommend stepping out of your comfort zone to everyone. You will absolutely surprise yourself and it will feel amazing. As pet tax, here's my son's new puppy. I went to the grocery store on a Saturday in February and came home to this ball of fluff. He is going to be huge. I actually know the breeds. So yes, please play what the mutt. <gasps> okay, oh. German Shepherd. Oh, yeah. Chow. How many breeds? Oh, she didn't say. She didn't say. Maybe Lab. Black Lab. <sighs> Maybe oh my there's God, Pyrenees what a in beautiful there, little... dog. That is definitely Shepherd ears, though. The little white patch could be pure. Yeah. Let's see what we've got. Oh, my God. Oh, what a cutie. There you go. All right. Akita German Shepherd. Oh, perfect. Beautiful, beautiful baby. Oh, that was the last one. I'm sorry, Dana. I robbed you. And you know what? That's okay. Sometimes I just like to listen to you talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Because that I do that for a living. So it's, I'm glad someone does. It's a good voice. It's a good radio voice for sure. Well, thank you very much. It used to not be. Um, so I've 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 worked a little bit on it. So I appreciate I appreciate that acknowledgement. Yeah. Cause I have a very thick Australian accent. You just can't hear it. You are so full of shit right now. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Anyway. It's Friday. It is. So uh, I hope you have a couple cocktails this weekend if you if you uh are going anywhere, doing anything I'm he- fun. I'm heading to North Carolina. I've got money to raise in North Carolina for our fight. LGBTQ equality, it is still necessary everywhere. Our trans community more than ever and the drag community now, which is absurd, <sighs> is under attack and starting to be vilified and literally criminalized. All of this is just crazy pants. So headed to North Carolina, do my job, raise some money. North Kakalaka, awesome. North Kakalaka. That's going to be an excellent show. And are you doing anything on May 20th? I can't remember. I am May 20th, Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you're in the, in the surrounding area, Beans listeners, I think there's only 15 tickets left for the show. Ooh. It's a 300-person theater. It sold out in two weeks. I could not be more proud. And still two months away. But it's just a one-night show. If you are hearing this and you're thinking, oh, I can wait to get tickets, don't wait. Go to my website, danagoldberg.com. It's just been redone. You can go to the appearances page, scroll down. Dana Goldberg back in Berkey and make sure you get your tickets before they're gone because they are going to go. I would imagine it's going to sell out next week. Yeah. If you're thinking it's the last minute, it is. It's the last minute. Get your tickets. Yep. Uh, Thank you so much. And uh, oh, by the way. Yes, dear. This just in, and we'll talk about this next week. A man has pled guilty to a $1.9 million baby formula fraud scheme. Justice Department Criminal Division just across my desk. So. That's interesting because we also know that that, you know, the DOJ is investigating the Abbott Laboratories, Abbott, the the people who make baby formula. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is connected, but we'll talk about it on Monday on The Beans. So until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. Take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane, with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.